We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We are in week 15. I think I have that right. It's uh, it's crazy. The season is clipping along pretty well here. We had a an interesting but weird Thursday night game between the uh, Raiders and the Chargers last night that was kind of entertaining, kind of dumb, kind of bad. It was a it was a weird mix of everything. But uh, we're here for week, week 15. We got uh, we got a full Sunday slate of 11 games. We have a couple games on Saturday, so those will be off the slate. But I am Scott Jensted, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Andrew, how are you today? I'm good. You know you're late in the season when we get some Saturday games. Like That's when you know you're like, oh, it's actually but almost why- over. Why on the day that all the college football conference championships games are, do they finally decide to do that? I guess maybe college pushed stuff back, so it was moved around, so maybe they didn't know. But uh, it's odd that it's odd that it, uh, it's competing with like Florida, Alabama, and, and some of those big games. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. I don't follow college football enough. I mean, I know that it's been an absolute hot mess because uh, of all the COVID putting issues. It very, so. very mildly. Yeah, <laughs> I assume it just the conference championship weekend was probably like two weekends earlier normally, and they had to push everything back because the SEC started late. So I get. Uh, it's probably just a uh, something they couldn't avoid. Yeah, as somebody like I don't, I mean, I barely, barely follow college football. But when you see like Penn State and Michigan at the bottom of the Big Ten uh, yeah. standings, and Northwestern is apparently playing in the uh, conference championship game, um, you know, it's a wacky year. 
Yeah, just Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. You don't really need to know much else. It's right. pretty much the same every single Notre year. Notre Dame? So. No. Uh, yeah, they're good this year. They're they're undefeated. They beat Clemson. So, yes, yeah. they are they are very good this year, but uh, just setting up to get killed in the— I was going to say, I, I, I'm somebody who calls Notre Dame a fraud, like, every year. So, like, <laughs> the fact that I see them up there, I'm like, oh, this is just a strange year then. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good, but they play Clemson this week, so we'll see. But nobody wants to hear about that. No. Uh, we'll jump into— uh, into week 15, I feel like it's, uh, it's it's wild that we're here. It's wild that the you know the NFL has made it this far, and um, it's uh, it, there's been some hiccups, but uh, we are here. So uh, some games off the slate. We mentioned uh, Raiders Chargers played last night. Uh, Bills Broncos and Panthers Packers are on Saturday, so no Devontae Adams for us this week on the on the main okay. Sunday slate. Saturday Night Football was actually shifted to Browns Giants, which is just wild to say out loud. So that's <laughs> off the slate. Um, so no, uh, no Wayne Gallman for you, unfortunately, this week. But uh, big loss. And then we've got uh, we've got Steelers Bengals on Monday night with an over under of forty and a half. So uh, good luck when you write up uh, when you write up that Monday night showdown. That's going to be what two kickers, two defenses, Ben and a receiver or something. That's like right. That. That's exactly what it is. Thank- I don't even have to write it. That's it. Let's go. Yeah, we're good. It's going to be a 100, uh, 100 word uh, showdown article. That's right. <clears throat> I do or, go a little long on those. Or or three thousand or whatever you normally. <laughs> hey, that's good. I. I tend to pump that article, but again, if anybody's playing Showdown, read Andrew's uh, Showdown article. It's the, it's the best thing out there. Uh, if I, when I do play Showdown, I usually play Mondays. I, I definitely, it's the first thing that I read. So that's, uh, you could tell that a lot of work goes into that all joking aside. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's thank very you. good. Thank you. So let's look at our Sunday slate. We talked about the games that aren't on it, but we've got uh, we got four games that are over 50 on the uh, on the Vegas total right now. We got uh, Texans, Colts, 51. Lions, Titans, 51 and a half. Bucks, Falcons, 50 and a half. Then kind of the, the marquee game on uh, on Sunday afternoon. We got uh, Chiefs, Saints at 51 and a half. Uh, breaking news this morning. Drew Brees is actually back in the building. Get a start. I'm actually really surprised that it happened that quick. Uh, it's funny because I saw the Schefter tweet come out and I was like, huh. And I look back at the Rotowire player notes and like his last one was like, it's going to be a stretch for him to even be active on Sunday. And Still now- has five broken ribs or whatever it was yeah. like. Um, I, it, I mean, I don't know if they're overreacting to losing to the Eagles last week or it just seems I mean, they, they probably want the number one seed, obviously, now that, uh, you know, now they lost that game and, they, and the Packers are like in a tiebreaker points ahead of them. But I don't know. It seems uh, it seems like they're really pushing this. I mean, I guess they probably, maybe they need him against the Chiefs and taste him against the Chiefs wasn't scoring enough points. But uh, I was surprised this morning when I saw the news. Yeah, particularly because it seemed like there was some talk earlier this week that Sean Payton was like letting it on that this might be Breeze's last season. And like, if you have Taysom Hill, if theoretically Hill is your quarterback of the future, even though he's like our age, um, which a lot of people don't realize, um, then like, why wouldn't you just like play him in the big games right now? Like, just start now. But I'm not an NFL yeah, it's, coach. Uh, I was surprised. I think it changes a lot, though. I mean, it changes a lot for me. As we we'll get into quarterbacks, but I think it also affects running backs and receivers for me. So I, it's a it's a pretty big uh, piece of news. Um, other big piece of news we talked about: Bucks Falcons was 50 and a half. Uh, Julio Jones is out which uh, pretty much you could pin to the top of this uh, podcast every week. Yeah. So you can kind of just start there. It's just uh, I feel bad for anybody with Julio in season-long leagues, but you're probably eliminated by now anyway. But um, Yeah, yeah been... I mean, that's a very well-known risk when you when you take it. It's, so. it's a good point, and I think it'll be uh, it'll definitely be reflected a little more in a, in his price next season, I think, is when we're really going to start to see that. But yeah. We do have some games with some low totals, a couple of those. We got Jets-Rams is 44 Wild enough, the Rams, um, the the Jets implied total in that game is thirteen. That's and the Rams is like twenty nine and a half or something like that. It's a wide. I think it's a seventeen point spread. Um, one of the bigger, one of the bigger totals with that 
total, bigger spreads with that low a total I can remember. It's like it's almost like a college game. It's it's very strange. Yeah, it's the second lowest, or at least when I went through my list, it was the second lowest total of the week, and the Rams had the second highest implied team total. That's um, almost impossible. Like that, that's really hard for that to happen. It's, yeah, uh, um, I think I think they cover also. Like <laughs> I don't know if seventeen and a half is enough. So uh, uh, it just depends how much they take their, their foot off the gas, but I don't uh, like the Jets are going to have a lot of trouble scoring points in that game every week, every week, but especially so against the Rams defense. Yeah, the big news is though the Jets have Sam Ficken back. Oh, fantastic! So, um, so maybe a field goal or two. Maybe a field goal or two. Yeah, uh, Patriots at Dolphins, another uh, gross total forty-one and a half in that game. Um, just a note, uh, the Patriots are 25-5 and five against rookie quarterbacks under Bill Belichick and will have won 11 games in a row, and they get to a tongue of Vailoa this week. So that'll be interesting. I think uh, I think that streak gets broken this week. I think Miami beats them in, in Miami wow. this week. Wow. Um, I think the Patriots suck. <laughs> we talked about this before the season, and you were very into the Patriots suck. Yep. And when they started off pretty well, I was taking a few victory laps, and sure. I have been proven wrong. Yeah, I think they're really bad. And I think Cam Newton is uh, not going to be back next year. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> We've also uh, got one other no game. Here. One other game sliding a little bit under my kind of 45 threshold for low games. We have the Seahawks at Washington. Um, weird that that game's so low, but I think it's a factor of Washington's offense looked horrible last week against the 49ers, but their defense was really good. So yeah. it's just a combo of like, obviously we have the Seahawks defense playing a little bit better the last four or five weeks than they were early in the year, but the Seahawks offense is still explosive. Um, it's kind of an interesting game. I, I didn't think we'd see many Seattle games under 45, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is probably one of the rare defenses and they are away. So like that, yeah, that, uh, that helps. But, um, yeah, I think that's a game that most people are probably just going to ignore. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Like, it's just hard to pay up for the, for the Seahawks in that game. And then you just probably, you know, we'll talk about Terry McLaurin who last week I loved and did not do anything. It's a weird game where Alex Smith played the first, I think Dwayne Haskins came in and McLaurin like had these like one drive where he had like, these two catches and I'm like, Oh, here we go. And then here we didn't go. touch the ball again. It was so weird. Um, yeah, last week was weird. I, I was really good on running backs and defenses and horrible on wide receivers. So it's, uh, and it, it, it's tough when that happens. Cause we're going to talk about those wide receivers that we, that I missed on last week. And, uh, you got to figure out whether you go back to him, whether you don't. Like it's a, it, it's yep. weird. It, it DFS, like you do get scarred a little bit by someone being really bad the week before, and you know it's not like season long where you got to play the guy again. You get to pick all these guys, but yeah. you know you can't get, you can't get too scarred too because you know one week for a receiver, you know that stuff happens. That stuff happens even to the best receivers. So it's uh, it'd be it'll be it'll be fun to talk about some of those guys that that I did miss on when we get to the receivers. Yeah, the I mean football is just so variant that like it is. Yeah, things happen. It's not like it was a one percent outcome, but. Um, yeah, these things happen, and this week is just completely different. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll start with the running backs. Um, the one guy that you and I both uh, liked especially a bunch last week was Derrick Henry, and he delivered in a big way. 26 for 215, two touchdowns, just a monster game. And, like, when he gets rolling and they have a lead, I mean, it's just impossible to stop. And it's funny because the week before was his bad week. They were down 38-3 to at halftime to Cleveland. And, um, I mean, he's a guy that you know the game script can't affect him, but I think he needs to be pretty extreme like it was that week. Uh, we have a pretty clear top two running backs week with Henry and Dalvin Cook. It's kind of uh, becoming that way where those two guys are, are, yeah. are a clear step ahead of all the other running backs. Uh, Cook's 9,000 on DraftKings. Uh, do you have a preference between the two this week? I think that Derrick Henry, very expensive, but got to be pretty popular against the Lions this week. I think he's going to be the most popular running back. Yeah, I think like, that's uh, I think it's hard to get away from that. It's uh, it's funny. Like The conversation last week was basically between Henry and Devontae Adams, like who you wanted to pay up for. Right. And... The 
obviously Henry ended up with like a ceiling game, so it's a little tough to to compare it. Although Adams was had a great game also. Yeah. But um, just looking at the two, like obviously people are going to prefer Adams in a PPR setting because he's the one catching all these passes and Henry doesn't. But I think people just like completely, un- maybe not underestimate, but like the Titans just do such a ridiculous job of getting him the ball. And so yeah. while he's not getting, you know, eight catches, he's not getting five catches. Like if you're going to get like 11 more rushing attempts, like, that's yeah. it's going to work out. And so and you've um, got two you have two. I mean, A.J. Brown's obviously a stud. Corey Davis had a good year and Tannehill is, is serviceable enough where it's enough of a threat where you can't just load the box up on them either. I mean, you, if you want to go one on one against A.J. and Corey Davis on the outside, they're going to get burned there, too. Yeah. I mean, they're a pretty interesting and, and tough offense to stop right now. For sure. For sure. Um, but it revolves around Henry and it does for sure. They're big favorites this week. Uh, in a game with a pretty decent total, and so actually, is it the high or they um, the Titans have the highest implied total yeah. um, on the slate? So they are, they're eleven point. I mean, if you look for a ideal game script for Derrick Henry, this for is sure. it. Yeah, it, it really is. And Detroit's leading the league in, in touchdowns given up to running backs, and thirtieth in fancy points to running backs. Like, yeah. there's no reason to go too deep on this. It's a fantastic matchup. He's a fantastic player. Um, Going to be very popular and for good reason this week. Yeah, I, I think really what the the interesting thing about Dalvin Cook is, is that pretty much every week he's the pivot from Henry because yep. they're both very expensive. But if you like the rest of your lineup, it's very easy to just make a 1v1. And when you're getting the guy who is significantly less popular, yeah. um, it, it's it's simple. And I think this week significantly is the key word. I think he's got to be a chunk, a, a big amount less popular. I mean, Henry's just in such a great spot. And you can't – I, I kind of play with it. You really can't play both of them. I mean, you can, but it's, it's really difficult to get there, especially with Taysom Hill not playing. Like, I think he was the path maybe if you wanted to pay down. You could look at Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, and maybe go cheap at receiver. But I think it's – I think you're gonna not, not going to see that many lines with both these guys in. And I don't I, – I, it, it was hard for me to get a lineup I liked at all with both of them in there. It's uh, – you just end up having to convince yourself of guys like yeah. over and over again. And you're like, yeah. it's okay if you do it once, maybe twice. But if you're literally doing it like four <laughs> or five times, you're just like, I can't do this. And I think what impacts Cook even more is you've got two guys – at least one guy in the low 7,000s I think is going to be really popular yeah. too. Um, so I just think that – I think that if you want to go Cook – there's not a lot. There's not a lot of things I see that's gonna make him high percentages because you've got Henry and then you've got guys below him. I think he gets lost in there in the middle pretty well. I think the other kind of interesting thing about Henry is is that if you don't play him, um, the guys that you end up playing are really not that cheap. Like you're, there are cheaper options that you can play. I think there are two that kind of like stick out, but they're not. I mean, they're cheaper for a reason. Um, yeah. But even it, like let's say you don't play Henry and you don't play Cook. Um, you're still paying like a decent amount for running backs. And so uh, it, at least like like the next tier are guys that we've played much cheaper. And um, the the salary that you end up saving isn't really going to say, give you that much as opposed to just t- taking one of them and you're just going to say, I'm just going to play Henry instead. Can I ask you like a tournament strategy question? Yeah. Um, I got to think with how popular Henry will be. If you're playing in a tournament and you want to be a little different, do you go to the Titans passing game? With the I, yeah, I love no it. No one's going to play them because everybody's going to have Henry. I think um, I, I hear Jordan Cooper in my ear somewhere about leverage spots and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like this is a this is a really, really like perfect example of one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it completely is. I, I constantly go back to I think it was week one of last season um, where someone won the Millie Maker with the Ravens passing game. And they killed the Dolphins. 
Lamar threw five touchdowns and you're just like, oh, everybody thought they were going to be running all day. Uh, and you actually just take the pass catcher. So yeah, like Tannehill, Davis, uh, Brown, or if you think people are playing Brown, then Tannehill, Davis, Johnu Smith. Like there, there are ways to get that and play with Cook, who theoretically and not could be only just that, as good. you get a team that has the highest. It's not only you're fading Henry to get some else. You get a team with the highest implied total. Yep. And like, I mean, I, I don't think Detroit's offense is very good, but like it, you, you, you could see a path where they could score. You know, if they get to seventeen or twenty points, maybe they get past a little bit. It's a uh, you know, fading Henry's a scary thought because he's he's probably going to have a really good game. But if you're in a tournament, um, if you do it, I think you do it with the thought that you go with you go with at least one piece of that Titans passing game, if not a couple pieces of it. Yeah, completely. I mean, I'm trying to see here with uh, I do these like blind stacks here. Um, so the the Titans have the the highest implied total, like we were saying. If you play um, Tannehill, Davis. And Brown, they're the sixth most expensive combo of like quarterback and top two wide receivers. And so, um, you know, and that's all like Brown is that's like his Brown's pretty expensive. But the other guys are definitely affordable. And um, yeah, it's interesting. And and, and Cook is against the Bears. I think we kind of we think we mentioned that he was he was okay against the Bears. uh, What was it? Four weeks ago, five weeks ago in week 10. But he had 30 carries for 96 yards. We kind of struggled um, as one of his lower yards per carry games. The Bears have been good. Um, you know, versus bad running backs the last couple of weeks, but like Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones had a big game against them in week 12. So they're, they're gettable, but like you stare at the matchups, you see Henry against Detroit, Dalvin against Chicago. Like it's just obvious that a ton of people are going to just, just automatically click Henry really quickly. Yeah, I think so. Yep. I mean, Minnesota's just, favored in that game. Yes. Like, yeah, no, it's, it, not, it's not, it's not a bad from game script wise. And I mean, Dalvin has 22 cut touches or more in 10 straight games. Like they lean on him obviously in a big way and he's obviously really good and Last week we talked about he was facing the Tampa Rundy, who was nasty, and he had 102 yards and touchdown. Like it's not like he was, uh, right. you know, he wasn't massive, but he was not like not like he hurt you at that price. Uh, you know, it wasn't a big game, but um, he paid off fine with 100 yards and touchdowns. The problem was that everybody else had Henry, and you were in trouble. Then. <laughs> right. I mean, they they have like a an implied total that's higher than the Saints. It's a half a point behind Seattle. So like, if you're looking at those teams, and you should possibly look at the best offensive player on the the team that maybe other people aren't looking at. Absolutely. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. Let's jump down a little lower. Um, I think the guy that sticks out for everybody this week is going to be Jonathan Taylor, um, both on the fact that he's been really good lately and they face Houston, who we've talked about 9,000 times a year, how terrible their run defense is. And it, it's just bad. I mean, last week, David Montgomery was what, uh, 11 for 113 in a touchdown, had that long touchdown run uh, early in the game. Uh, Taylor only played 34 snaps last week, but he had uh, he had 20 carries in those 30. Like he, When he's on the field, he's touching the ball. He had 150 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he was really good against the Raiders last week. Uh, two weeks ago, they played the same Houston defense. He was 13 for 91. His touches the last three weeks are 26, 16, and 22. There's been a clear shift in this offense, finally, that, that Jonathan Taylor touching the ball every week. Yeah. I think um, the, the difficulty is that I think you're going to want to play Henry and Taylor. And, you know, you, you can't just play every expensive guy. So you're going to have to find some values later. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be a very popular combination in cash just because um, Henry's unstoppable. And like you said, like we, you say it every week, like <laughs> running back against the Texans and I always yeah. find a reason not to play them. And it I mean, like just, just keeps working. It's crazy. But, and I was like trying to like come back at you last week. I'm like, if you told me that the running back that, that David Montgomery had 14 touches, I'd be like, see, it didn't work. And, uh, but they give up an 80-yard touchdown every week, so it doesn't matter. It's right. just, it's, it's, <laughs> exactly. I didn't know David, I didn't know David Montgomery could outrun people for 80 yards. I was impressed. I was very impressed at that. Like, I didn't know he had that speed. Really weird that he touched the ball so little in the game they were dominating. Though. Yeah. Like, that was, like, 
if you told me whatever the game ended, 38-7, like if you told me that game ended, I'm like, oh, jeez, David Montgomery must had 24 carries. Right. He had, he had 11. It was strange. But maybe they just eased off the gas a little bit. The game was over. But so I like uh, – I really like a shift away from Taylor. I, I like Taylor this week, but I think the interesting pivot this week is Alvin Kamara. Um, 7,400 now that Drew Brees is starting. He's priced down with the Taysom Hill – you know, not being as good with him. Although last week he had 10 targets. Like they definitely, they were trailing in the, against the Eagles and you could tell that they couldn't just, you know, run Taysom and do that. I think Taysom Hill had fewer, he only had five or six carries last week, I think. Um, but he's got, he had, he had uh, seven catches last week. He was 11 for 50 running the ball, but he has Drew Brees back. But he not only that, he has Drew Brees back. And I don't think there's any way that Drew Brees is actually 100% right now. And to, to me, that says quick passes, dump offs, slants, screen passes. I think they're going to be getting the ball out of Drew Brees' hands quickly, which they already do anyway. Like, it's very clear when they run that offense that it's, it's Brees' is boom, boom, throw the ball. Like, it's out to the first or second yeah. read. They trust him to make the right decision. Um, I think Kamara at 7,400 this week is a really good play. He's playing against the Chiefs. They're going to have to score. This is not going to be a 17 to 13 game. They're not going to hold the Chiefs. to Their defense is really good, but they're not going to hold the Chiefs to 14. I don't think that's possible um, the way the Chiefs' offense is rolling right now. Um, Kansas City is allowing 151 total yards a game to, the, to running backs, which puts them in the bottom five. So this is a team that you can you can do some stuff against with running backs. Um, I think it's a perfect spot for Kamara, especially because Taylor's right there to take a lot of the popularity away. And they're home. Like, there's no way you play Breeze coming off injury at Arrowhead, and yet... And, I, and, I'm, not, and I'm not playing Breeze. <laughs> but I'm, definitely, I'm definitely playing Kamara this week. Yeah, no, I think you laid that out perfectly. Like, I think that's exactly what the pivot is from Taylor. I think it might be enough that it'll push Taylor's popularity down because everyone's like, wait a minute, if I can actually get real Alvin Kamara and not Taysom Hill Alvin Kamara at 7,400. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's a great possibility. Um, there are a lot of running backs you can play this week. Like, I think that's going to be the biggest problem. Like, I think there will definitely be people who try the Henry Kamara Taylor just to jam them all in, um, which is going to make your $3,000 wide receivers very uh, helpful this week. Too bad KJ Hamler's not in a slate. Yeah. Play him. <laughs> um, but I think there are, I mean, there are other guys you can play, certainly. Um, but I, none of them kind of have the right situations that these three guys do, which is why they're so expensive. Yeah, and with Kamara and Taylor right there, I think that uh, you know James Robinson is seventy one hundred at Baltimore. David Montgomery is seven thousand. They finally priced him way up at, at Minnesota. I mean, interesting guys that have been really good lately, and nobody is going to look at them this week with with Kamara and Taylor right there. If you want to play a low percentage guy, they're there. I have trouble getting to either one of them this week though. And I love you know how much I love James Robinson, but I just I, I worry that I worry they get behind that game, and I know they still give him touches, but you know last week he had sixteen touches. They got they got behind in that game. Uh, Baltimore's actually struggled against running backs lately, but I just I just worry about game script here. Even though even though Robinson's been so involved all year, um, I know the Jags Jags are, are rough right now. And I mean Baltimore, the way that their offense runs, the clock is constantly running, which means good point. Yeah. There's, Robinson's not going to be on the field, so um, yeah, I think Montgomery like running back against Minnesota is fine at seven thousand, and because nobody's going to play him, like go nuts. I'm not going to play him, but <laughs> yeah. And Montgomery's had like perfect matchups last year. Mm -hmm. so we talked about it. it's been popular, but uh, this one's more middle of the road. I mean, I don't think you worry about Minnesota, but they're you know they're 4.4 yards per carry, which is not great. Yeah. But um, you know, like in terms of like fantasy points allowed, I think they're like 17th or 18th somewhere in there. So a little more, a little more middle in the road than like the prime Detroit and uh, Houston matchups we had the last couple of weeks. But um, Montgomery didn't play against Minnesota in Week 10, so we don't really have a, a, a data point to look at there. Uh, the 11 carries last week was a little weird. We talked about that, but I think they just got – it was so far out of that game that it really didn't matter at a point. But you drop down a little more. You've got Miles Sanders. You've got Chris Carson. Either of them interest you at all this week. 
I really like Sanders. Um, he looked good. He looked good last week. He finally touched the ball. Yeah, he looked good, and we talk about how much we like running backs with running quarterbacks. Um, I think I play Sanders ahead of Montgomery and Robinson like easily. Okay. Um, I like that. I'm not sure that the salary difference gets me anything though. If I take him over Kamara and uh, and Taylor, but um, yeah, I like Sanders a lot. So I got a great stat for you. So they they played the Saints last week. The Saints had not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 55 games until last, last week. That's they wild. allowed two last week. That's wild. Hurts, Hurts and Sanders both had. They, it had been, uh, been over three years since they allowed a 100-yard rusher. They allowed two in the same game. Like that's how, crazy. That's, just, that's wild. So uh, Sanders looked great last week. Obviously, he's a guy that can bust the big play any time. But I think the key point in that is, like, he can't bust the big play if, unless he gets the ball. Like, the more he touches the ball, the more likely he is to bust a big play. And people are like, oh, well, he only needs a few touches. But, yeah, but if he gets – what do you have? He had 18 last week. If he gets 18 rather than 10 or 12, I mean, just six or seven more chances to bust that big play. And, um, you know, Arizona's a little below average against running backs. They're kind of middle of the road. But, um, yeah, you know, I, we talked about, you know, indoors at, at Arizona, a team that runs a ton of plays. They're going to get up at the ball a lot. And he obviously looked really good with Hurts last week. And I think, I think Sanders is a guy that probably – slides in a little bit lower than you'd think of off the big game last week just because of Taylor and Kamara right there. Yep, totally agree. I, I think he's a and, great player. And, and the guy right below him against your Jets, you've got Cam Akers at 1,600, who I think is going to be really popular also. Yeah. Uh, th- this weird Jets thing of like them not really giving up big games to running backs kind of continues. It's weird. They've given up uh, – haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher all year. Um, but last week, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde combined for 142. So like, and they, they did pretty well against them. Uh, Akers is kind of finally the guy in this backfield. It took a while, but um, he hadn't topped 25 snaps all year in a game. Yeah. Last week, he's played 52 and 50. Like, I think that Sean McVay's figured out what he has here. He was 19 for 171 last week, had a, had a couple catches too. Um, he was 21 for 72 the week before. Got to think in a game where they're a huge favorite that Akers gets pretty popular this week against the Jets. Yep, I think there's every reason to go right at him. Like, 6,600 still doesn't feel that cheap is the problem. Like, doesn't like I think people will see Jonathan Taylor maybe jump that up, but I think you can say I think you see a lot of Henry Taylor or Henry Akers kind of start out lineups this week. Um, I agree. I also think Sanders is a better play than Akers. Oh, I like that. Like I don't. I think you'll be able be able to get him at a a definitely lower percentage too. Yeah, maybe it's a GPP week for me. There you go. I like um, it. It's your favorite player that I want to talk about though. Um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. Joke, joke. Yes. Um, so J.K. Dobbins at fifty nine hundred against Jacksonville, he seems to have enough. Like, obviously, the price would be great if we knew he was getting everything, but we know he's not, and that's not even counting the fact that Lamar Jackson takes so many rushing attempts. Yep. But fifty nine hundred also seems pretty cheap versus some of these other guys. It does. So, what do you do about Dobbins? I just, it's funny because Mark Ingram didn't play, didn't factor in at all last week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I None. looked at it and I, wa- I watched the game, I'm like, oh, they're running the ball well. Lamar looks good. Ingram's not in there. I, I bet you Dobbins ended up really well. And look, he only had 13 touches. Like, it seemed like it was more. And he scored the touchdown late to help out. But yeah. I mean, he was 13 53, which is kind of just okay. But he was 11 for 71 the week before. And it, it's clear, <laughs> it's very clear when he comes in, like, he's definitely dynamic. The problem is that Gus Edwards looks really good last yeah. week. Like, he's actually played well. Um, so I think you still have a split. Now, a split between two is obviously better than a split between three. Um, I think he's playable at 5,900. I didn't, I'm not quite as excited about it as I wanted to be because I think he's really, really good. Um, some of that is no, just no action in the pass game at all. He has no targets the last two weeks. So, like, you don't get that. Like, even, even like three or four catches, it turns out to be 
you know, five or six points when you take the yards and the catches for a running back, and that's pretty big. Um, yeah, I like him this week. I didn't love him as much as I thought I was going to when I saw the matchup and the price. That's fair. Uh, yeah, Edwards taking away is, is a it bummer. Is. If Edwards was like, you know, uh, eight for 17 last week, and like you could kind of see that he wasn't playing that well, it's one thing, but... You know, Edwards scored and Edwards looked good. So I think it, I think it's a pretty Twice, much a, I think, right? Yeah, I think it's a split between them. And that's just, it's just frustrating. Although there, there should be enough action for both of them. But you're right, Lamar, you know, it looked like he was, looked really good last week. And he was running the ball. He looked quick. He looked fast. Once he puts, once he changed spikes, at least, and would stop slipping all over the field. But um, yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got two other guys that could take rushing touchdowns away in the red zone. That it makes it a little bit tougher. That's fair. That's totally fair. I think. Um... And I think he's really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Like, if you think Derrick Henry doesn't get much action in the passing game, who boy, <laughs> do I have something for you? Yeah, no doubt. So, do you think there's no reason to think of Dobbins because Kenyon Drake is fifty five hundred? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that at a cheaper price, a guy that gets fed in the red zone, he has five touchdowns the last four games, and Kyler did run more last week. We're yeah, talking about quarterbacks and. Kyler looked like he was Kyler from earlier the season last week. The, the numbers weren't quite there, but I watched a bunch of that game, and Kyler looked like he was a, he was back to kind of that guy, and he was he was aggressive running the ball, and they ran plays for him. I think the, the shoulder probably is feeling as good as it has been in a month. So, but Drake, I mean, twenty three carries, eighty yards, and the key is you know Chase Edmonds doesn't get a ton of work, but he's not he didn't practice Thursday's a game time decision. Like if he's out, like you don't have to worry about like oh he's coming out yeah. third down and stealing a big play or maybe stealing something inside the twenty. Uh, the Eagles are pretty good against the run, 3.8 yards per carry, only one running back over 100 yards all year. It was, it was Aaron Jones week 13. But, yeah, I mean, I think Drake at 5,500 with the amount of action they get in offense that should score a decent amount of points this week is uh, is going to be a popular play. I don't know if it'd be popular, but um, kind of semi-popular probably. Yeah. Like, does, does three and a half yards per carry matter if he has 25 carries? That And that's the thing. Like, volume is king. <coughs> and I don't think that we're expecting <clears> – <throat> I mean, Drake can break a big play, but you're probably not expecting, you know, a, a huge yards per carry. But you're right, at 25 touches – in this offense and all the red zone work. I'm not sure we care. Yeah, no, that's, uh, he was basically the cheapest guy that I was seriously considering. Well, there's probably one more, actually. There's one more. There's one more. Sorry. And you it's want- not Leonard Fournette. I hope it's no. not. Really <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Every, people like Leonard Fournette at 4,500 this week with Ronald Jones on the COVID list, but Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch last yeah. week. Like, LaShawn McCoy had whatever it was, 16 snaps. Like and, I was going to say, do you think LaShawn McCoy is going to help somebody win a million dollars this week? Let's let's hope not. Oh, I like LaShawn McCoy, but let's let's hope we're not back to there. But um, Leonard Fortner hasn't, hasn't topped 20 yards since week eight. So let's like, I don't know. Like, maybe a bunch of targets, but like they're a big favorite in this game. So I just, yeah. I just don't see the pattern. But there is one cheaper guy that we got to talk about, and it's it's Jeff Wilson yeah. for the 49ers. Um, 5,100. Uh, Raheem Mostert had an MRI on his ankle. I just don't. They, they're talking about he might play. Yeah. I think it'd be crazy to push him. Like, the Niners are done. Like, the season's over. Like, I don't know why you'd push Mostert. He signed. They signed him to extension. He's going to be back next year. I just, I don't see why you'd push him. And, um, you know, last game without Mostert, Wilson was had 112 yards and three touchdowns. And they're playing Dallas, who is, their their defense is horrible. Um, they gave 81 yards uh, to Travion Williams and Samaj P. Ryan last week, which is not good. Uh, 18 for 172 to Dobbins and Gus Edwards Luke before that. Antonio Gibson three weeks before that ran crazy on them for 115. Like, this is a terrible defense. And if Raheem Mostert is out, um, I think it's an all gel for Wilson game. They, I mean, Tevin Coleman's pretty much a nothing now. Jarek McKinnon's like every once in a while on third down. But 5,100 for Wilson, um, if Mostert's out, I think I like that the most of this range. So you trust that it, that it's Wilson? It's Kyle Shanahan, so I never fully trust right. it's Wilson. Yeah, if Mostert's out, I trust that... 
a majority, a, a big chunk of the work is Wilson. I, just, I think the Coleman and, and, and McKinnon are just kind of role guys right now. And I think that there be, I think there'll be a lot of Wilson. I think it was, it was a lot of Wilson when most of it was played in the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. it was kind of a 50, 50 split. I think you're never gonna get a hundred percent carries with the, with the Shanahan offense, but you know, in a game against uh, a really bad defense, I think that uh, he's worth a shot at the price. All right. I'm just going to get you ready for the text that I send you when Wilson gets oh. tackled to one and Coleman bangs it in. And then McKinnon has like nine catches. Nine catches, right. Touchdowns. Right. It can, it's always possible in this offense. And when right. you look at him versus Kenyon Drake, like Kenyon Drake is going to be the guy. He's going to get all the carries. I fully get that. Uh, I think Wilson's probably in a better spot than Drake is in. But yeah, the Drake volume is definitely way more lock inable. It's not a word, but I like it. Um, way more locked in than, than you're going to get anything ever with the 49ers running back. Okay, that's fair. But God, that Dallas rush D is bad. It's really bad. Like The pass D is bad. I mean, their whole D is bad. It's... Uh, the Niners are, I mean, that's a, probably a game that's it's about an even spread. I think it's like one and a half point favorite, but um, close enough that the Niners aren't going to abandon the run game. I don't think the Dallas is going to go that crazy on the 49ers defense. We played well last week, even though they got nothing for it because Washington defense kept scoring. But um, I think it's a game that, they, you know, they're going to be running the ball for all four quarters. And I, I like Wilson's chances with that. Yeah. I think the important thing on this slate with running back, particularly running back, is, I mean, we just went through a lot of guys in a lot of different ranges. To take somebody like Dobbins, or Wilson should be in this in this group, but I guess I won't necessarily put him in. But it's really the opportunity cost of missing out on a guy who's going to get everything. And so, hundred um, percent, you're like, oh, I'm gonna save a little bit uh, because uh, I want to pay up somewhere else. But it's like you're you're spending less for less. Like you, you have to. There, there's not. This isn't four thousand Mike Davis week where we're like he's gonna get everything. Um, like the guys who are cheaper other than Drake, I guess, um, like have split situations. And so you have to think like, I'm, I'm, you are choosing to take a guy who may get 45% of his team's backfield touches, uh, with the hope that that thousand or 2000 savings is what helps elsewhere. And we have a lot of weeks where we're like, Oh, we don't really like anything in the mid range. It's tough matchups. And that's definitely not like the, no, case. Yeah. as we've gone through here, we, we've probably picked out seven or eight guys that we actually really like, which is probably probably the most we've had in running back all year long. And these are the most spots that were like uh, different price range. I'm like, oh, I like this. I like this. And usually I, I have trouble in that mid-range finding a guy I really like, and that's definitely not the case this week. And I think it emphasizes just how good of a matchup Henry has because it's like there are plenty of guys you can – There, are, if you play three in cash games, which you should be playing three in cash games most week, like there are more than three that you can play this week that are not named Derrick Henry, and yet yeah. <laughs> we're all going to play Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's uh, I think uh, running back percentage ownership is going to be really fascinating to mm-hmm. look at as, as games kick off. I'm really curious where a lot of these guys land in that range. Yeah, this is going to be me cutting my cash volume by 90 percent and throwing it into GPP so I don't have to play Henry. Just ramp them both up. Yeah. <laughs> Get me pay off Chris, pay for every yeah. Christmas gifts yeah. this week. All right. A few extra Christmas presents. That's right. Uh, let's jump into the passing games, but first a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use the promo code ROTO, that's R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. States are growing by the by the week. I like it. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 
and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Andy, did I see you tweet something that uh, gambling in Connecticut might be coming soon? It's it's more promising the, than it's ever the double, been. I the double eyeball emoji on Twitter, and I got excited. Yes, uh, I I got excited as well. Well, uh, we're, apparently it's closer than it's ever been, which uh, is encouraging. Can you then work on California next? <laughs> I'll do what I can. I'll see what I can do. Beautiful. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. Um, quarterbacks and receivers this week. Um, we got uh, we got a couple guys at the top, uh, although not really separated. Like we have, you know, the running backs, we have a separated price. Patrick Mahomes is the top quarterback at 7,900, but nobody over 8,000 this week on, on DraftKings. He has 8,900 on FanDuel. Um, Mahomes was uh, 24 for 34 last week, 393 against Miami with a couple touchdowns. He has uh, over 300 yards passing for six straight weeks. They've clearly uh, committed to the passing game. Last week is the first time in six weeks he didn't have, didn't have over 40 attempts, so they're passing the ball a lot. Um, start at the top. How do you feel about Mahomes this week uh, in the Dome in New Orleans? Um, we were saying how we liked um, at least Camaro because we think like the Saints offense is going to have to put up points because obviously if the Saints have to put up points, it's because the Chiefs have already put them up. Which they um, do. I, I would be happy to not play a quarterback this week. Not um, at all. Just it's not that I. Run, it's not that I option? think that they're all bad, but like nobody jumps out at me. Like I think on a week where you can sit and make the case for like six different guys, I'm just like, eh. Like I, I feel like they're all kind of expensive. It's very weird you said that because the first week all year we're like I haven't had a couple quarterbacks I love and I can't wait to play. Right. I just, I don't think Mahomes at New Orleans is worth the most expensive price. Like, they haven't allowed 300 yards passing in the game all season, which is crazy in today's NFL. Like, that defense Patrick, is really good. It's Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't, I'm not sure defense really matters all that much, but Maybe. if he's a top price quarterback and it is, it is a really good defense, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm looking forward to see how this game works out. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason you don't pay up for quarterback, at least all the way up, is because you're like, oh, there are other guys I want to play. Um, I think there are other guys you can play, um, but I just, I don't know. Nobody's like jumped out at me that I really wanted to play, but I know I didn't want to pay all the way up for Mahomes. I, the real question for me was Lamar. Um, like is the situation, how, how viable is the situation that they get up enough that he stops running? I think pretty viable, right? Like. I, you're taking him for running. Like you, you cannot take Lamar for his 12 pass attempts. Like no, and the the thing is that like his big his big running plays are designed running plays. Mm-hmm. Like he hits some he hits some some scramble plays and stuff. But the big chunk plays you see like the one the one the other night against on Monday night against uh, whoever they played the Browns. Yeah. Um, was a clear like run option kind of thing where he saw something and he went and it was wide open. Like those are designed runs. He had 124 yards rushing, 94 yards rushing the week before. But like. The big play to Anders is a weird freak broken play that he yeah. can do, but it's not like he was, you know, and, and the play to Brown at the end of the game was obviously they were playing the run and he got behind him. It was a good, it was a good play, good pass. Sure. came back in. It was a great moment, a great game, but he still hasn't over 200 passing yards since week 10. Like you have to get the rushing yards. And it, I mean, he's a guy that he, he can do it. He's a good, he, you know, hundred rushing yards are easy for him if it's in the right situation. I just, I just wonder whether in the second half, whether Harbaugh calls it any plays that put him at risk at all. That's what it is. Like there's really, no reason to run him if you don't have to. Um, and theoretically, they could be up big because he has three rushing touchdowns. Of course, of course. But um, that game script-wise, it's almost the game is too lopsided to think that you're going to get enough rush uh, rushing attempts at him. 
And if you flip this on, you saw that Lamar's thrown 17 passes in the game. Like, you're not going to be surprised. Right, right. Uh, 17, you'd be like, oh, they aired it out. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump down um, a couple guys that I think that, I mean, Russell Wilson's always playable. 7,300, I'm probably not going to do it against a Washington defense that struggles against the deep ball, but I think they're getting a lot of, they're getting a lot of pressure on Wilson. I think it's yeah. going to be uh, the, the the one matchup edge that, that Washington does have here is their defensive line against the Seahawks offensive line. Um, so I'm probably not going to do it at 7,300. Although, you know, if you want to play Wilson, you want to play Mahomes, those are always playable guys. Don't get me wrong. And um, Kyler Murray, 7,000 on DraftKings. We talked a little bit. We were talking about Drake that Murray looked to me, at least I watched a bunch of that game. I don't remember why I think I had, oh, I had Murray and Drake in my fancy playoffs. So I watched a bunch of that game. Um, he looked different to me. He had, he, he had 15 rushes the prior three weeks. We talked about that a bunch. He had 13 carries last week, only 47 yards, but it was very clear they were running plays to get him out in space a little bit. Um, the Eagles have struggled all year against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, Daniel Jones had a couple big games. The, the one where he fell down, which you pointed mm-hmm. out last week. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a big game against them running. Uh, Rodney McLeod and Avante Maddox are out in the secondary for Philadelphia. Darius Slays in the concussion protocol. They are ridiculously banged up right now. They have no way they're going to be able to cover the Seattle receivers either. Or, I mean, the, the Arizona receivers. Okay. They have a 27-point implied total, which is I think is like – I think you mentioned his third highest behind uh, Tennessee and the Rams. I think we're back in a spot where Kyler Murray has a ceiling, which I haven't seen the last couple weeks. I think we mentioned last week I wanted to see him look good before I decided to play him. But uh, in this range, I think I'm back to Kyler being my favorite guy this week. Um, it's it's risky. I think that the, the floor is there with Kyler where maybe it isn't with Mahomes and Wilson, but I think the ceiling is back. Okay, that's fair. Because, like, that's what you need in this price range. Like, you're... um, I think he makes more sense than the other guys, I guess. Actually, I'd probably play Lamar over Murray. Okay, and I think that's that's fair, and I think that uh, Lamar's floor is way better for sure. Yeah. Um, I... I will end up doing the worst thing, and that's like I'll wait for Murray to have his good game before I come back in. Like I see, I if, think it works out well because I think he had that last week. It just didn't show up in the stats. But that's I think fair. He looked, he looked like the guy from the big first chunk, which I like to see. And now I think he's ready. The stats are ready to come. I mean, it's it's a risk. Don't get me wrong. I think it's it's riskier the other three guys we mentioned, but uh, it's cheaper. And I, I just think the ceiling game is it's there right now. Yeah, I think if I didn't. Like, I, I'm more comfortable, even though I said I didn't like any quarterbacks on the slate. Like, I think I'd rather just find the savings here as opposed to, like, sacrifice elsewhere to then make me pay that's up fair. for Murray. Um, so uh, so who are you saving with then? Um, You're going to say Jared Goff, aren't you? I was going to say Jared Goff. <laughs> I, like um, I I think if you don't play Henry, you 100% play Tannehill. Like, Agreed fully, yeah. It, it, like, that's... If you're like, I'm going away from Henry, even in cash go, games, like... Go all in with him. Yeah. yeah. Tannehill right. just makes way way too much sense. Um, I think there's a perfectly viable case for Tom Brady, despite how horrific he looked last week and just if murdered... I was, if I was allowed to swear on the Roadwire podcast, this is the spot that I would do. <laughs> um, that game last week was so absurd. Yeah. I played Brady. We talked about Brady. I love Brady last week. They ran 49 plays last week. Minnesota ran 73. Yeah. Like, you could not. It's impossible. Minnesota had the ball for 39 minutes of that game. Like, I just, the, how that game worked out is so, Brady threw 23 passes. He averaged 42 passes per game before that. Like, I get so frustrated when I think I have something right, and it works out so impossibly badly. Like, it just, it was <laughs> well, so Well, we gross. also, we were also, like, concerned about the Buccaneers' uh, defense against running backs. We were like, we're probably not going to play Cook. And Cook had 49 rushing attempts in the first half. 
and it was like just first. It wasn't like big plays. It was like first down, yep. first down. I texted you after the end of the first quarter. I'm like, Brady had the ball for three plays in the first quarter. Like, this is absurd. And everybody's like, oh, well, you still have a lot of, a lot of time. I'm like, well, sure, but it gains four quarters. We just gave up one of them. Like, it's yeah, right. just well, – And sorry, the worst – Go ahead. It was – the worst part was how bad he was on long on long throws, and then he happens to drop that one into Scotty Miller, and everyone's like, "He's still got it!" I'm like, he is garbage. Like he is just. I think I think I DM'd you. I'm like, that pass looked really good. Here we go. Oh, it didn't happen. Oh, it was, it was just. So I will not Sorry. play Brady because I also uh, that also falls into me not wanting to have anything to do with the Falcons, which Ooh, just kills weirdly, me every week. Weirdly, have held their team the, the team they're playing is at or under their implied total like nine weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. It's seven mm-hmm. weeks in a row. It's. The list, someone, R.J. Bell, who's a, a gambling guy, posted yep. the other day. I think it was they had one that they exactly tied. It was I forget who it was against. And then the other eight games in a row under the implied total. So some of that is everybody assumed the Falcons were that bad after the first like five or six weeks. But defense is better. I mean, they've been six point six YPA last six weeks. But like that's Taysom twice, Drew Locke once, Derek Carr once, Teddy Bridgewater once. So like it hasn't been uh, you know it hasn't been uh, Joe Montana, and Steve Young, but <laughs> they've been better than they were earlier in the year. Yeah, uh, I, that's. I get it. Um, good, I think good luck trying to stack Tom Brady with the right receiver too. Like it's just maddening. Um, I think any quarterback you consider, you have to say, is he better than Jalen Hurts? Like I think Hurts is the guy that like you have to go to. Um, like the rushing volume is just it's enough um, to give him a decent floor. And eighteen um, carries, eighteen carries last week. I think right. that the hundred six yards jumps out, but I think the eighteen carries jumps out to me more because hundred six like you could hit a big play. 18 carries like that builds in it's a running back it is um it's it's more rushes than a lot of the running backs we talked about liking miles sanders had 14 like like, um but i mean i think that's where you go like i uh whether you play him or not that's the consideration is uh do i think matt ryan at 5400 is better than hertz do i think rivers at 59 um that's the one one. brie rivers if you want to get if you want to get a little spicy and squirrely this week, I think Philip Rivers is the way to save money and get a. If you want to shift from everybody that saves money is going to go to Hertz, maybe some Jared Goff. Philip Rivers has multiple touchdowns four weeks in a row, over 280 yards and three of four, facing Houston, who just sucks on defense. Uh, they can't stop anything. We talk about the run game; they can't stop the pass game either. Um, great matchup, great game script. You think that Deshaun Watson could do enough to keep the game interesting? Um, I think Rivers at 5900 is uh, is playable this week. So. Rivers and the Colts are the poster child for my blind stack spreadsheet. Every Rivers, week, Rivers, Rivers, Hilton, Pittman. I wrote. Yep, I've um, I've written about. I wrote about it for literally week one, uh, and the the same thing basically is coming up now. They have the fourth highest implied team total. The Colts do. Yep. The quarterback, double wide receiver. Uh, stack is the 14th most expensive. If you go quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, and you're probably not trying to figure out the Colts tight end situation, but any of them, all of them are cheap. That's 17th. Um, And then if you want to do a run back with presumably Brandon Cooks, although I don't even know if that's the right call. Or you go Kuti might work too. Right. And Kuti's even cheap. Is he cheaper this week? Actually, he's got to be. Yeah, he's a little bit cheaper. Right. Uh, that's the 15th most expensive out of, what do we have, 22 teams. So like, And the thing with this game, like we talk, everybody's going to talk Chiefs Saints all week. This game is a half point less total. Yeah. This is a 51 total. I mean, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
I think this is like so not only so not only do you get access to this team and like we talk about how Taylor has a great like if everybody's playing Taylor this is the same sure. thing like if everybody's playing Henry go to Tannehill and all the receivers if everybody's playing Taylor go to um to Rivers but like they're cheap enough where you could play them with Henry like yes, you, you could play Absolutely. the chalky running backs because you're getting this fairly low owned uh, receiving group like my my path here was was Rivers with the cheap receivers and uh, Henry and Kamara. Right, that's how you do it. Because hard to get those two guys in, but this is a path where you get a piece that you get away from Taylor, so mm-hmm. you shift off that one to Kamara. But while you do the same thing, you get the you get a piece of the Indianapolis offense. I think it's a really it's a really interesting way to get Kamara and Henry in and get still get to a really a high implied total too. All right, I'm gonna play that. I'm gonna play that team in the lineup. That's, I mean, it's. I think it's a fantastic GPP play. I, I don't think Rivers in cash. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But I think that the way it builds, where you get away from Taylor and shift to Camara, and you still get Henry, and I think I think it builds really, it, it really interesting build for uh, for a GPP. Right. Like the everybody talks about how like you can't play chalk guys in GPPs. Like it's just not worth it. But like if you have a a low owned passing stack, sure. I mean, it's not like Henry's a hundred percent owned. So like that, right. you know. However if, high it is. If Henry has 180 yards and two touchdowns, like I don't care what percentage he is. You want to <laughs> right. <laughs> you will talk about fading the high percentage guy, but if the high percentage guy goes off, you're going to need him to win. Right, right. Like that in that situation, you don't necessarily need to go to Cook. You don't have to be low percentage everywhere, I think is the key. Like right. you, you, have, you, have to, you, you, you want to get some, some percentage uh, difference somewhere, but it doesn't mean you have to go every single spot like that. Right. And I mean, you can also, if you want to go nuts, like obviously – uh, Hilton and Pittman are the top guys, but if you take any of the other Colts wide receivers, like nobody's going to have them. <laughs> and I, I don't even think you need to. I mean, I think Hilton will be a little bit popular. He's 5,500 off the really good I think weeks, he'll be popular, yeah. I think you probably want to, if you're going to do it, I think you probably want to play him in there. And I, I think Pittman will be low enough that, that that gets you different enough anyway. And without Taylor, I mean, what you hope for then is that Rivers dumps off to Naheem Hines for touchdowns. Yeah. And you can see the path where it works really well. Mm-hmm. It's the same. I mean, it's the exact same situation with the Titans. Like, the exact same. It's a high total. Everybody's going for the running backs, so just take the pass catchers. We we joked about Jared Goff earlier, but I mean, I think he's he's in this mix to talk about sixty three hundred. Um, just a matchup play. The Jets are awful against the pass. We talked about how they're pretty good against the run. I mean, the last five weeks they've given up four, three, two, three, and five touchdown passes. Um, I guess it's a matter of you know how early the Rams want to shut down the pass offense and go to Cam Makers and Darrell Henderson. Um, Goff's been weird, though. Like, multiple touchdowns in one of his last six weeks. The last four weeks, he has 376 yards, 198, 351, 137. Like, some of that is some of that is game script, and they've just been able to run the ball, and their defense is so good, they've had big leads. But I don't know. It's You can see the path for Goff, but then you just see the league of the last six weeks, and they just, they're just not airing it out like they, like they did maybe last year or the year before. Yeah, I think you nailed it, though. It's like a matchup play. And it the is. Jets are significantly better against the run. They're not good, but they're better against the run. And so, and with with Hertz down here, that takes away. If someone does go cheaper, I think they probably go to Hertz pretty quickly over Goff. And you know, a quarterback against the Jets at, at a low percentage at cheap price, like the, the path kind of works. I just think there's other ways to go. Right. I mean, there's seventeen and a half points. Oh my God. I know. I mean, it's 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 hard to see the Jets scoring enough to make it so that Goff has to throw the ball all in the second half. But we've seen weirder things. I just it's hard to see that one. It's you know what you don't see are when spreads are higher than implied team totals. It did very. It's like I've been college games and like that's it. Like you right. see those Alabama games where they're you know fared by forty two and yeah. the other team has a six point implied total, but it's just you don't see it in the NFL very often. Ugh, stupid Jets.
Stupid Jets. Um, hey, only what? Only three more weeks to go. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a stat today that Trevor Lawrence is like eighty-five and three since high school. Great. You think he loses? You think he loses three games in his first month in the NFL? Uh, yeah. So the Jets were minus two fifty to go winless. Wow, that really has shifted the last four weeks. Then that's really bad. <laughs> it's not good. For it's the record, good. that's really bad. I'm trying to think of who they finish with. I think they play Miami and they finish with New England. Oh, Cleveland and New England. Yeah. Rams, Cleveland, New England. So they have no chance against the Rams. Home against Cleveland, probably, yeah, that's tough. No, they're not New they, England to de- to decide the division, right? They might. They might be. They might beat New England last week. That'd be beautiful. Bill Belichick doesn't lose the last game of the season to the Jets. Probably not. Probably not. So let's jump into wide receivers. Uh, we've got three guys over eight thousand. We have Tyreek Hill, who seems to go off every week these days. DK Metcalf. And Calvin Ridley without Julio, uh, 8,800 for Hill, 8,600 for Metcalf, 8,200 for Ridley on uh, on DraftKings. Um, Hill is uh, dramatically more than the other two on on FanDuel. He's 9,300 on FanDuel, more Metcalf is 82, and, and Ridley's 84. Wow. Uh, what are you doing with these three guys this week? I tend to have trouble getting them in this week because I think I'm going to spend some money at running back. But uh, what, what do you feel about these three guys? Yeah, I mean, these are the guys that you can get if you play like Wilson, Drake, and someone else I guess or you don't even need the GPPs you probably don't even need another one um I think Ridley without Jones is one that like people will be able to go to um I mean it was pretty popular last or or it wasn't quite as popular last week but you know eight for 124 and a touchdown like yeah he has has over 100 yards in three of the four games that Julio hasn't played like it's just pretty clear that when Julio's not there he's just getting a ton of action and he had a touchdown in the game he didn't get 100 yeah so uh yeah I think I think Ridley um, just, I guess the, the price on DraftKings is close enough, but like, uh, we talked about, like, I think the Saints defense is good enough that like a ceiling game from Hill may not happen. And so he's just such an insane weapon. He is. Yeah. Um, he had seven targets last week and managed to score twice and yeah. have a hundred and well, 111 yards. Cause he had that 32 yard rush. Touchdown. rush it's yeah. Just, yeah. I looked up, I'm like, Oh, Hill hasn't done much today. I'm like, Oh, I guess he kind of has. It was just, he had a huge, games, but... um, I thought maybe I was hoping that they were going to count that rush. I was hoping it was a little forward pass um, <laughs> because his, his receiving prop was like eighty something. Like he got the total yard prop, but he didn't hit. He has sixteen touchdowns. Yeah, that's in, in week four, fifteen. He has sixteen touchdowns as a receiver. Like that's like oof. He's got to be one of the smaller guys to ever get that many, right? It's funny. There was a stat the other day of like most touchdowns ever of receivers five nine or under. And they had Cole Beasley number one, and, and Tyreek Hill retweeted it with the with your double eyeball emoji. <laughs> so maybe they had Tyreek Hill as too much too tall, is like listed at five nine or five ten, so he didn't like just quite fit. But right. yeah, I mean, he's far and away whatever whatever height you want to say that he's far and away the best guy ever at that at that height at receiver. So yeah, Metcalf's interesting. Like Washington defense is good, but the one weakness they have is deep balls to wide receiver ones. They've struggled against on the outside a little bit. Um, Ayuk had 119 yards against him last week. Uh, James Washington, Deontay Washington had a big game the week before. Amari the week before that. So I think that Metcalf, uh, he's 8,600 though. He's really expensive. I think most people probably go to Hill instead. I think he might. This might be a week where you can get DK, uh, you know, less owned than normal against a, in a tough matchup um, on paper at least. But uh, it's just hard to get the 8,600 for me this week. Yeah, I think there are uh, there are enough guys in the 74 to 64 range that um, you could probably get away with fading Hill, Metcalf, and Ridley. 
One guy apparently I do want to talk about, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, he, he's the guy that benefited the most from Kyler's shoulder looking much better. I mean, at nine for 136 on 11 targets. You you sent me a message during the game like, oh, I guess DeAndre Hopkins is back. Check a look at that line. So, And the Philly the Philly DBs we talked about, we talked about Murray, they are insanely banged up. And if Darius Slay doesn't play, he's in concussion protocol, like they just have nobody that can guard um. Hopkins right now. So I think that if I, if I were to be in this range, I think I'd actually go to Hopkins over the other three guys and save a little bit of money. Um, and go uh, go against this Philly defense right now. I think that's a, that's the right call. I like that. We got AJ Brown in here. We talked about it. if you're gonna if you're gonna go away from Henry, 7600. I think he's a, is a really good path to go. He's really big last week. Uh, Allen Robinson's good every week and and better with Trubisky. Like weirdly, like he has 74, 75, and 123 yards in three games. The Trubisky's been back. 33 targets in those three weeks. Trubisky clearly keys in on him. So he's another guy that you know Minnesota struggled against wide receiver ones all year long. They were pretty good last week against Tampa Bay, but that, like we mentioned, that game was weird. Um, I think Robinson's 7,100 is very playable too, but you know, not cheap again. Yeah, I love Robinson. Um, I do too. He's just a great player. Like I, I take him over the guys in that in on the other side of that game, Jefferson and Thielen, even though they're kind of bonkers also. But that Bears defense, I think, is good enough that um, that those guys are probably unlikely to hit the ceiling. But like Michael Thomas. I mean, he's back in the mix, right? He's got Drew Brees. We talked about how they are clearly get the ball out quick. He's priced down to a point where, you know, this is not Michael Thomas with Drew Brees' action. You know, Michael Thomas hasn't scored this year. Is that right? No touchdowns. That's wild. I looked at him, I'm like, I'm sure I must be reading that wrong. And I'm like, no touchdowns. Zero, huh? but 37 targets the last three weeks. That was yeah. with Hill, but nobody else in the Saints had over 20 in that stretch. So, um, I mean, it's clearly going to be Thomas and Kamara. And, you know, the, the other guys are all just complimentary pieces at this point. Sanders had a touchdown last week. But, I mean, I think it's clear that he's very much wide receiver, you know, the third option in that in that offense. But, um, yeah, I think it's 7,200. Uh, very live this week with Breeze. I think that you're probably going to need to get a bunch of targets and catches. But that's what Michael Thomas does. Right. Um, he's, not, he's not the big play guy you're hoping for. But, you know, if he catches 10 balls, like, who cares at that point? Yeah. That game is... Like, it's obviously one that, like, screams to be stacked, but it's, like, the, everybody other than Breeze basically is really expensive, so it's, like, tough to... And it shouldn't matter, but it's the Sunday afternoon, like, primetime game that everybody's going to be watching. Like, that'll matter. That'll sort of factor in. It's going to have the big announcers. Um, people are going to stack that game. People are going to play a lot of guys in that game and find ways in, but um, like you said, they're all really expensive. Yeah, that's... I mean... Travis Kelsey's 8,000 at tight end. Like, <laughs> we haven't seen that in a long time. Right. You're, you, you have to do it with Breeze, uh, which is really, like, not the fun way to stack that game if i was doing if i'm doing i'm doing Mahomes and getting cheap houses i'm not doing breeze yeah we talked about uh we talked about jared goff um and the past the past defense of the jets is bad we got robert woods at 6800 cooper cup at 7000 woods is questionable with a thigh injury but expected to play by all uh, by all quotes and all accounts Woods is quiet last week only five for 32 i guess against new england but they were up in that game like they didn't have to throw the ball he's still eight targets targets last week 15 12 11 and 8 great matchup Three Seattle receivers scored last week against the Jets. They've given up 90 plus receivers, like five week in a five week stretch. They get up six of those in week seven through 12. Like they, they can't stop anybody. Um, I have no problem with using Woods or Cup this week. I'd probably, I'd probably lean to Woods myself just because I think the, the consistency of targets is a little bit better. Yeah, I always lean to Woods anyway. Like if they're priced similarly and when Cup's more, then it just makes the decision a lot easier. Yeah, Cup's weird. Like, it's just kind of all over the place. His targets last four weeks are 13, 5, 9, 5. They're just kind of all over. He scored last week for the first time since week four. He's just kind of been really up and down. Like, he's a he's not a good floor guy. He's, there's there's some big weeks in there, but I, I just I, – I go Woods. He was such an easy floor play last season, too. What? It's play. weird. It's It's been a strange year for him. Yeah. 
Uh, we talked about Jefferson and Thielen. You know, against the Bears, they're fully priced up here at 7,300, 7,100. I mean, they're always playable. But um, the, I think you saw last week a game where, you know, they have a lead where they just lean on Dalvin Cook and the targets kind of went down a little bit. But, I mean, I'd go Jefferson over Thielen just because I like the big plays there. But Thielen has the red zone, so it's kind of it's hard to differentiate between them this week. I just – I just I, Jefferson's just a stud. If you stack that game, do you play Trubisky or Cousins? I probably go Trubisky, Robinson, then come back with one or two one, of the Minnesota okay. receivers. Yeah, I think that uh, I think I go. I think Trubisky just has a little more kind of. Uh, if the game gets a little wacky, I think he's got a little more uh, more upside. Um, Cousins. I don't, I don't really want to play Trubisky either, though. Cousins, Thielen, and Robinson is the fourth most expensive QB wide receiver one opposing wide receiver one stack. Huh. Like you're not saving anything on that one. Well. You could go uh, Trubisky, Robinson, and back with Cook if you wanted to get a little different with it. Uh, Trubisky, yep, you could do that. With um, the thought that Minnesota gets the lead, they lean on Cook a lot, and Trubisky and Robinson throw the ball the second half. I think it's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, the the Trubisky, Robinson, Thielen, so the other side, is the yep. sixth sixth most expensive. You're right, so you're not saving money. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a good point. It's good to look at it that way, too. Let's jump down to cheaper receivers. First guy I want to talk about is uh, is the one we talked about at the start of the show, Terry McLaurin. Um, Sixty six hundred on DraftKings has not been price hasn't really dropped. He's been really bad the last two weeks. Two yeah. for fourteen, two for twenty four. It's weird because he was the guy that we talked about like week after week. It's like the floor is just there, the targets are there. He's always been really good. It just has fallen off. Some of that's quarterback play. Some of it's been game script. Like it was, the game last week was they had one hundred ninety yards against the Niners. They, they did nothing all game. Seattle was horrible against wide receivers early in the year, but like no one over 62 yards last four weeks, although they did face the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles in there who don't have any wide receivers. Um, last TD to a receiver was week nine, though. Like they have come on a little bit. They, they've been they've been better on, on the back end. I mean, Jamal Adams getting healthy and Carlos Dunlap signing has helped that situation. The price hasn't dropped. So like he hasn't been, a, a, you know, it's not like they, they're like, oh, we're going to put him down at 5,700. What the hell do you do with McLaurin this week? I don't know how you play him. Like, do you play? I, you're playing I, I him. Wanna, I want to argue with that so much, and it's, I just I can't. I don't know. You're playing him with either a banged up Alex Smith or with Dwayne Haskins. Like, why are you? Why are you doing that? And Haskins actually has a higher percentage share when McLaurin plays, but like, I, they're not. I don't think they're really good shares either. Like, it's just Haskins didn't look good in the second half. I just I love McLaurin. I like the price. I like the matchup. I just hate the quarterback situation so much right now. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. There's a guy slightly cheaper that I like so much more. Two, I, have, I have two right under him that I love this week. Um, who's your guy? Brandon Ayuk. We talked about him last week, and he we talked about missing on – I missed on receivers last week, but Ayuk was one we hit on big time. He was – he's a beat. I mean, Debo went out with the hamstring the first play, and I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't predict that, but that was obviously huge. Mm-hmm. 10 for 119 on 16 targets. Mm-hmm. But that's five weeks in a row. He's averaging 20.5 points in PPR last five. We talked about – last week I did the blind, like, if I told you a receiver had four straight good weeks, what would you do at 5,400? I mean, big again, he's I mean, he's really good. And, I mean, it's a horrific defense they're facing. Um, AJ Green had a touchdown last week. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Um, do you think Nick Mullins is better than Dwayne Haskins? As a player I want to my receiver to have the ball thrown to or like an overall quarterback in the NFL? Who you want your your fantasy wide receiver to catch passes from? Much prefer Mullins. Right. So, like, why are we playing? I think Terry Mullins. Is, I think Mullins is a terrible NFL quarterback, but he forces the ball. He throws the ball a lot. He likes to. He looks at Ayuk. Like, I just 
fantasy wise, it works pretty well for a wide receiver. It, it works terribly if as an NFL fan having to watch the human being play quarterback. But um, <coughs> God, he's, he's like we, <coughs> we were saying, like Jameis Winston is not a good quarterback, but we right. want the guys catching his passes. One hundred percent. He's like a. I mean, he's not as good as Winston, but he's a similar mindset. Mm-hmm. But God, he has like three or four throws a game that make no sense at all. Yeah, no, I love Ayuk this week. I do too. So the guy that I like, we, I love Ayuk too. The guy I like a lot right above him is actually Amari Cooper. Um, 6,400 against the Niners defense that can't stop the pass. All they did last week, but I think that was quarterback situation. But, um, you know, he only had five targets last week, but he scored. Um, it's just a game script change when the Cowboys scored that defensive touchdown. His yards are a little bit down, but I think it's 6,400. I think he's in a price range where he's playable. My problem is that I think I'm going back to Michael Gallup and much cheaper. So if I'm going to go with a receiver in this game, I'm going to save 3000 from Cooper to Gallup. And I think I'm going to go there, but I do like Cooper this week. Um, I think Cooper turns into a great GPP play. I do too. Um, cause that Gallup price game, is really this game could weirdly is weird. The game can weirdly get back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean that Gallup price is dumb. It is, and he was bad last week and I get it, but he's Gallup. We, we get, we'll get to Gallup, but Gallup's led the Cowboys in targets three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. You're going to give me 3,500 in offense against the Niners who has struggled on pass D right now. And they're just so banged up more than anything. And K1 Williams is still hurt. I mean, Mosley might not play again. Um, I think my only thing to keep me from Cooper is that Gallup is literally 3,000 cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, huge, a, it's a huge step. That is a big one. Um, Anybody else in this mid range? Like I'm not playing Godwin or Evans. I'm kind of over Tampa right now with, uh, with, with pass catchers. Um, Corey Davis, 5,800. He, he got hurt last or to get hurt us last week, but the game script, like they just, just went to Henry all game and he only had three targets after 12 the week before. But um, it's kind of a dead zone B between Ayuk and maybe T.Y. Hilton at 5,500. I was going to say that T.Y. is the next guy we have to talk about. Um, I mean, he's I fine. Mean, like, I I get it. He's cheap, so you don't, you're don't you not paying up for T.Y. Hilton. Um, 22 targets last three weeks, two touchdowns last week, four over the last three weeks. I mean, he's clearly involved, and just Houston's just terrible on defense. Yeah, yeah uh, just like we said, if you're not going to play Jonathan Taylor, then just go play T.Y. Hilton and Rivers. Yeah, I think that's definitely would, the path. Um, do you play T.Y. over Pittman if you only take one? Pittman's 4,800. Yeah, I think I do just because of the targets involved. But I think that, uh, you know, I think Pittman, I think Hilton will be much higher percentage. So if you want to get a little different, save 700 bucks, I think Pittman's a, a good GPP play for that reason. Okay, that's fair. But both with Philip Rivers, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, Russell Gage is in here at 4,700. Julio's not playing... Uh, Gage has 15 targets the last two weeks, five for 82 last week, most yards since week one. Um, good game script is a game that, you know, they're not going to be able to run the ball against Tampa. I'm pretty sure that uh, this time that's actually being true. Uh, there's no Dalvin Cook on the other side this week. Um, you can't, you're not going to run against them with Todd Gurley and Edo Smith and Brian Hill or whoever that else is running out there. Um, 4,700, a game where they're going to be, their underdogs going to be passing the ball a lot. I think that, I think the gauge makes a little bit of sense at 4,700 too. Yeah. I mean, 15 Just not targets. It's not exciting, but. Yeah, 15 targets in the last uh, two games like is enough at 4,700 to put your faith in Matt Ryan. If Brandon Cooks does not play, Kiki Kuti is 5,300. Uh, he was only three for 24 last week, but did score. This is the Kiki Kuti matchup game, though. He's played three games against the Colts. He has 100 yards in all of them, or in three of them. He's never had 100 yards against anybody else. Uh, he's eight for 141 on nine targets two weeks ago. It's the same defense. Like... 5,300, if Cooks doesn't play, you got to think about it. If Cooks plays, I think I don't do it. But if he doesn't play, it's hard hard to get, not get away from at least considering him. I mean, they should be throwing a lot. They should be. He's a good quarterback. Good quarterback. I think. I mean, I think at 5,300, he's, he's a fine play, too. Sure. I think he's fine. 
there's a couple of guys in the mid fours that I think are going to be overlooked, um, have struggled recently, but I think are kind of uh, interesting uh, GPP kind of guys. There's Sammy Watkins and Christian Kirk. Um, Watkins, uh, we talked about how everybody in this uh, this Chief Saints game is expensive. Um, good game script, high total. I think it's just kind of a cheap way to get a piece of this offense. It wasn't, I mean, he had 13 targets in weeks 12 and 13, but only two last week. He had 52 yards. So, like, even when he gets, when he catches passes, they're usually pretty good. There's been, just been so much Tyreek Hill and so much Travis Kelsey. I wonder if, uh, I don't know, at some point the Saints try to do something to take those guys a little bit away. Like, it's just been so focused on them. But 4,600 for a piece of this offense just seems like a, if you wanted to get cheap in a GPP, I think is, you know, it's Sammy Watkins, so you never know what you're going to get. But 4,600, I think he's playable at the price. I think he's okay. Like, I think I play, I think I play Gage over him. Um, as weird as that sounds. But, like, Gage will have more targets. I, 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 I find it hard to believe that he won't. So, I get that. Yeah. Watkins, like, early in the season was like a bigger target guy. And like, he doesn't run the routes that Hill does. So like yeah. the big plays are unlikely. I mean, he can break them with his speed if he has the space, but um, it just doesn't, I'm just not sure he's getting the ball enough. Um, whereas, you know, Gage is, Gage is much more likely to get 10 targets by accident. Christian Kirk is playing a ton of snaps. He has not done anything lately, uh, but he's playing, he's playing a lot of snaps. He's always on the field. Only seven targets the last two weeks. I think he's a guy that is a pure flyer play, but 4,300 in offense with Kyler Murray getting his shoulder back a little bit. And the Philly DBs we talked about are just so banged up. I think it's a prime spot for Kirk to hit on one of those big plays. And at 4,300, I think he's a, he's a, he's kind of a spicy play. If you wanted to, if you couldn't afford Hopkins to team up with Murray, and you want to do it. I think I'd go down to Kirk and maybe pay up at running back and kind of swap that up. Yeah, that's a fun combination. I like the sound of that. Chad Hansen on Jackson or on uh, Houston. Houston. Uh, yeah. They just uh, if Cooks doesn't play, forty two hundred for Hansen has fourteen targets last two weeks. He had five for one hundred one on Indy two weeks ago. Seven fifty six last week. He's a guy that's a rookie. Played at Cal last year. Was was really good at Cal. Um, if Cooks sits, he's another guy that uh, you know, forty two hundred. You're gonna have a lot of targets. Um, I can see him being playable too. There's a lot of guys in this range that I think are are playable, but risky with, you know, no floor at all, but, uh, some pretty decent, uh, decent ceilings. Do you, do you compare these guys with Gallup? That's the problem, right? Is that Gallup is a guy that uh, is getting targets and he's seven to $800 less. And it's hard for me not to just jump all the way down to 3,500 with Gallup. And you know, he only had six, he had six targets last week. One was in the end zone. He was only two for 23. I get it was a bad game and, you know, I had him and I pumped him up and it didn't work, but Wide receivers have killed the 49ers in the second half of the season, especially these type of receivers, outside guys who catch deeper balls. C.D. Lamb's kind of been weirdly phased out of this offense the last few weeks. He has not done a lot. Like, they've been used other guys instead. Um, I just think I like Gallup and Cooper, but 3500 just seems like such a cheap price for Gallup, a guy who's legitimately talented. It just hasn't worked out this year in Dallas. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he runs, like, the deeper routes for them. So, theoretically, if he just gets one – and it goes deep, like that pays off. Like Cooper's not going to be the one going for an 80-yard touchdown. So, and the Niners, the Niners can't stop that play right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if Andy Dalton can deliver the ball though yeah. and get it there, but the Niners can't stop that play with their their cornerbacks right now. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he makes more sense, hundred. I think, than guys like Denzel Mims, like against that Rams secondary, is just so good. Um, I, I like Mims, but I just, I the the Jets implied total is so low, it's, it's hard to get there. Yeah. Um, Lynn Bowden. The last guy on my list here that I have highlighted, 3,600, and it's weird. Like, nine targets last week, seven for 82. Um, it's possible that uh, Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant won't play again. Uh, he had four for 41 the week before that. Like, he's kind of getting phased into this offense, mm-hmm. and 
he's always a threat to get a rush. He's always a threat to throw a pass. Like I think they're gonna they're do some interesting stuff with him. Uh, a guy that's gonna touch the ball that much at 3600, I think, is really interesting too. He's the, he and he and Gallup are the two guys under 4000 that I think are are far and away the best two guys this week under that. Yeah, place. that's they just have much more upside than these other guys that. Lynn, Lynn Bones, the popular uh, season-long pickup because he's listed at running back and he's getting a, a ton of targets. So it's uh, a lot of people picking up this week for playoffs. It's kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, I think that I mean Bowden was a quarterback last year at Kentucky. Like he was, he took over mid-season. He was their quarterback. And granted, they ran the ball obviously a ton, but um, the guy that he, when he gets the ball in his hands can do some really good stuff. Yeah, and they seem to be wanting to get the ball in his hands. He, he's got to have a pretty decent ownership this week, right? I think he just kind of sticks out at thirty-six hundred. I, th- I mean, it'll be certainly higher than Gallup. Yeah, because he was just so bad last week. But I think he's the he's the cheapest, the most uh, the highest owned guy, probably under even like forty. I mean, you probably go pretty high up the list before you find somebody who's going to be. I think you, like go five, I think you go to five. You go to five thousand. Maybe maybe K. Maybe Gage. Or no, Coutinho. Gage. Yeah, it's probably yeah. he's probably the highest owned between Gage and himself. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true too. So. Any other receivers down here you want to talk about? Uh, Darnell Mooney scored last week, but only two targets. Um, you know, thirty nine hundred. I think he's kind of okay, but I just wouldn't get there over Bowden and uh, Gallup. Yeah, I really want him to be good for some too. reason. I think I think he actually might be good. Uh, it's just he had fifteen targets the prior two weeks, so yeah. he is, he's pretty involved. And um, I don't know. I just think it's a week where I like two guys cheaper than him, so I yeah. probably just go. Yep. So. Tight end this week. Uh, we mentioned Kelsey is eight thousand. If you want to figure out a way to get him in, I have no, I mean, he's just, he's leading the NFL in receiving yards, like mm-hmm. not among tight ends, like among all, all players. Like yep. it's, it's, it's bonkers. I mean, this stretch, he had over hundred yards in five of six. The other, well, the other was 82. Like, it's not like he had a bad game in there. He has eight catches in six straight games. The first time a tight end's ever done that. First time a chief has ever done that. Um, I just, I mean, double digit targets in five of six. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable how involved he is in this offense. And only five guys have more touchdowns. Receiving yeah, touchdowns, at least. Like, it's, it's Hill, what, it's Hill Adams, Thielen, Evans, Metcalf. Those are the only guys with more receiving touchdowns than Travis Kelsey. It's wild. One of those years that if you, if you happen to take a tight end in the third round of your draft, like Kelsey's been an absolute just godsend. It's, sure. just been, it's been massive. So uh, it's just strictly a, strictly a cap play at that point. If you want to, if you can figure out a way to get him in, I have no issue with you doing it. If he was 8,000 at wide receiver, we'd consider him strongly. You mentioned that the last couple of weeks. Uh, Mark Andrews at 5,500 this week. Um, if Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin don't play, like they just have nobody to throw the ball to anymore. Uh, it's just a matter of, like you mentioned earlier, how much are they going to actually throw the ball at all? Yeah, I just it, it's tough for me to see like a true ceiling game from Andrews. Yeah, it'd have to be all in the first half. Right, right. He's going to need nine catches. I mean, he probably doesn't need that many, but maybe five catches and two touchdowns. Like he needs a touchdown at least. Um, you probably need like five, like four for 75 and touch on the first half to really kind of get there. And that, right. I like Mark Andrews. I like the, I just, I, if Boykin and, and Brown don't play, like there's a lot of targets, but I just don't know how many targets are actually going to end up being total, which is the problem. So I just, if, if he was like 4,500, I probably do it, but 5,500, I probably won't do it. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's not like there are like fantastic tight ends to play. I mean, usually they're, we always say that, but like, this is especially a tough tight end week. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are guys to play, but I have two guys under 4,000. I like, but uh, anybody you like at all, who do you, who do you like? Um, I always look at jets, uh, whoever is playing the jets. Um, It's not quite as bad as like the card, whoever's playing the Cardinals last year. But um, I did tell you um, 
with that Seattle game. I didn't I didn't know if it was going to be Hollister or Disley. It was Hollister, right? Uh, was it Hollister? I think it was, I I think it was Hollister. They're all they're literally the same to me. Is the problem like if you could buy into just like team tight ends, then uh, no, it was, it oh, was Disley. It was Disley. There you go. See, yeah. there you go. I messed it up already. <laughs> so they're just guys. Um, so I think like Tyler Higby at thirty eight hundred is fine. Um, I think you could play Jonu Smith at thirty seven hundred. Uh, I mean, all these guys, you basically need a touchdown to like really make it work. Um, or for let me rephrase that. Uh, if one of these guys has a touchdown, you don't have them, then you're kind of in trouble. But um, I don't think anybody's like going to be super popular. I mean, people still love playing Logan Thomas, uh, who sporadically like has a good game, and Goddard at thirty nine hundred is fine. Um, that's that's one of my two right there. I like yeah. I like Goddard. He had he had he was four forty three last week with Hertz. He had six uh, targets from Hertz. He had the most targets on the team, and clearly had was more involved than Zach Ertz was. I think Zach Ertz had like two catches for eight yeah. yards or something like that. But um, Hertz definitely lowers the ceiling of the passing game, though. Like it's just you're not going to get. Uh, a ton of passes, but I think that the situation, the way they run their offense right now, I think you get some spots where Goddard can kind of run free. So I do like that one at 3,900 price down under 4,000. The other one I like I'm going back to is, is Cole Komet at 3,000. Uh, he had seven targets again last week. He's played over 50 snaps three weeks in a row. I think he's just a guy that is very involved right now. And at 3,000, um, give me the guy that's involved with the, you know, with Trubisky three weeks in a row that I, I, of course, Jimmy Graham scored the touchdown. I was going to say, you're not taking the guy who actually scored the touchdown. So freaking frustrating. But you give me seven targets back-to-back weeks. They got 3,000. Um, Trubisky's kind of chucking the ball around a little bit. Over 50 snaps recently. I think that uh, Komet's probably where I'm going to land in, in most laps where I save some money on, on on tight end. If not, I'll go up to Goddard at 3,900. Yeah, I think Komet – yeah. I mean, all of these guys I think are fine, and Komet at least gives yeah. you the salary savings. He's actually exactly. cheaper than Graham. That's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Irv yeah. Smith, uh, Kyle Rudolph's doubtful, uh, didn't practice on Thursday. He was four for 63 and touchdown last week against Rudolph only played 28 snaps though. So it's kind of hard. He's not, he's just not on the field that much. And when they do use him, they use him in a pretty good spot and, and usually in the red zone. But you know, with Thielen there and Jefferson there and cook there, I just, it's, it's hard to get to the guy that's like the fourth option, but I mean, he's, he's workable if, if, if Rudolph doesn't play. Yeah. I think he's the, like a fine touchdown option. Yeah. Like it's funny to see Zach Ertz was 5,800 in week one. And he's 3,400 this week, and we were like, nah. Mm-mm. He just didn't look right to me last week. And in a game where, you know, Hurts doesn't throw the ball a ton, I just, I, I'd rather go to Goddard. Yeah. Gronk is, Gronk is weird. He has, uh, the last five games, he had 106 yards and six catches in week 12. The other four of those five games, he has two catches or fewer. Like, it's just, he's just not involved at all except the one game he blew up. But since, since Antonio Brown's been there, he has been way, way less a big part of that offense. Yeah. I, like, the, Evans or Godwin from all last year, and that wasn't even with Brady. And now it's yep. like you have to figure out those two plus uh, Brown plus Gronk. Like it's just buying into that passing game is really. And he's forty two hundred, and like I just there's so many guys I just get cheaper, and that yeah. I think are more involved. And it's kind of same with T.J. Hawkinson. Like I really like T.J. Hawkinson, but fifty two hundred, I you know if I'm going to do that, I'm probably just going to go cheaper. But he had missed targets last week, the last four weeks, seven, eight, nine, and eleven. Like he's really involved in this offense without Kenny Galladay. Uh, he had a touchdown last week. I think that Hawkinson's really good. I just think that the 5,200 kind of gets me away from him. Yep, totally agree. Defenses. We hit on defense last week. We talked about the the Washington football team a lot last week. They scored twice, so uh, we finally hit on a really good, uh, cheaper defense. Uh, I had trouble with defense this week. Who uh, who do you like this week? You didn't just go right to the Cowboys? I thought about it because Nick Mullins makes mistakes, but, God, their defense is just so bad. Yeah, it is bad. They scored last week. They, they, we talked about them against Cincinnati last week, and they did score. So they came up big last week. They were really good. But 
Uh, yeah, it, Mullins makes so many mistakes that I think it's uh, I think it's playable. But there were, there were a couple of those I think I liked more. Um, the one that jumped out at me is Washington. Um, so only uh, Carson Wentz, who isn't even playing anymore, has been sacked more than Russell Wilson. Uh, and like we talk about, like Wilson's a very mobile quarterback, but he also occasionally mobiles his way into another defender and, and goes down. And so 2,600, they're at home. Um, they obviously can really get after quarterbacks. Um, Seattle doesn't like turn over the ball that often. I mean, Wilson had like that little stretch there where he was he a did, little yeah. sloppy. But um, for a pay down option, I, I kind of like Washington. Yeah, I think they're interesting too. And I don't think anybody's going to, everybody's going to see against Seattle and probably not play it because you think Seattle, you think a lot of points. Um, I, I like that one too. Um, it was tough for me down here. I, I like Arizona at 2,900 just against Philly. We talked about how, uh, you know, they give so many sacks. They didn't know any sacks next week, though. So maybe the Jalen Hurts thing, it's harder to obviously sack them. They ran the ball so much. They just didn't drop back like they do with Wentz. So um, I don't know if you can – the Philly O-line still sucks, but maybe not to the point where Wentz drops back and gets sacked. Maybe Hurts just gets – either A, avoids those, or they don't run the same plays. So there's yeah. that, too. But Arizona had eight sacks last week against the Giants. So they are playing – they are getting after the quarterback a little bit. I think the play I like, I actually like Tampa this week for 3,000 at Atlanta. Uh, the Bucks had six sacks against Minnesota last week. Uh, Matt Ryan threw three interceptions last week and looked terrible. Um, the Falcons have allowed some sacks the last couple weeks. I think that Tampa Bay, I don't think anybody's going to play them. I think you think Tampa, Atlanta, you think a lot of points. I think they'd probably go pretty under-owned at 3,000. So I, I kind of like them this week. I, don't, I just don't really see any, like, chalky defense. No, I didn't like, Obviously, I mean, it's the, the Rams. Rams. It's the Rams, but they're too expensive, right? Right. Like, right. like obviously, you play the Rams, but forty five hundred for a defense in a position that's just so variant. Um, like yeah, the Ravens, like if, even at thirty eight hundred, is not even that cheap. Yeah, and in Fanduel, like you can play the Rams because they're five thousand, but like everybody else is forty five hundred or forty four. Right. So the, the price difference is not as much. But I mean, you go Rams to like Seattle or Tampa or anybody like that, you just get you just get a big price difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Seattle's interesting too. They mentioned that the other, the other part of the game. You mentioned Washington. The Seattle's eleven sacks the last three weeks, and I mean Washington offense was horrible last week against the Niners. I mean they just did nothing. Um, whether it's Smith, I probably would rather go against Haskins. I think for mistakes. So if uh, if he plays, I think I'm a little more interested in Seattle. Thirty one hundred. They have multiple sacks in every game this year allowed. So they they just I mean whoever playing quarterback Washington always gets sacked. So I think that Seattle is a an interesting one to make it make a big player too. Do you know who leads uh, the Seahawks in sacks this year? Uh, Carlos Dunlap, but he just played there. He can't be him. Uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. You know how many he has? Three and a half. Eight and a half. Is he really? Wow. He is. He has already I, tied the record for most I, sacks by asked, a safety. The way you asked it, I went low on purpose, but I was going to go like five, but eight and a half surprises me. Um, wow, there are seven guys in the entire NFL who have more sacks than Jamal Adams. I would have lost that bet. Wow, eight and a half sacks is really good for a safety, but they, they may bring him. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I like Seattle. I think that uh, I think Washington just makes some mistakes, and they're just their offense is struggling right now. Like you said earlier, either it's either Dwayne Atkins or a hurt Alex Smith. So it's not like right. you're getting at least a healthy Alex Smith is usually kind of safe with the ball, and you know they kind of run a lot of checkdowns and stuff. But um, I think Seattle's uh, Seattle and Tampa are probably the two that I go with. Thirty one hundred, thirty thousand. Uh, I kind of like the Dolphins, but they're priced up at thirty seven hundred against uh, New England. And New England's a mess right now in offense. They gave six sacks last week to the Rams. The Dolphins have twelve sacks last three weeks. They forced four turnovers last week against Kansas City. They intercepted Mahomes three times, which yeah. never happens. Um, I like Miami, but at thirty seven hundred, I think they were a little more pricey than I wanted them to be. So I probably go, I probably go Seattle, Tampa, Arizona. If I want to drop down the Cowboys, but the, kind of that range right there is probably where I go with most of my teams. I think that makes sense. 
Anybody else you want to talk about? I think we've kind of hit them all. 11 games slate. I think we kind of, it's, it's a fun one. Like the, the running back decisions are going to be really difficult. I think, yeah. I think that uh, we talked about the different price ranges and the, and the different uh, guys in there that are all, you can argue for kind of all of them. I think making the right calls at running back is going to go a long way towards figuring it out this week. Great. <laughs> it's fun that way, right? We want some tough decisions. It's too easy otherwise. Too easy? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I know you. I know for your cash games, you like the you like the easy running back play. But so are you? Are, real quick, I gotta jump out of here. But are you are you playing Henry in a cash game right now? If you had to set your lineup right now, yeah, probably right now I am. Yeah. Which is just curious how that works. But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun week of setting setting lineups, which is uh, it's what we're here for anyway. That's we right. We want to win, but we want to have some fun while we're doing. It. We'll do it. Well, th- thanks everyone for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate that. Week 15. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the last four months with us. If you want to follow Andrew? He's at Rotowire Andrew on Twitter. I am at Scott Jensen. If you can please rate and review the podcast, it does help a lot. It goes along with help help people find the podcast. It's always a good thing. Also, I hope everybody has a really good week 15. We'll be at you next week on uh, a little bit early next week. We got Christmas week next week, so we're going to do a little record a little bit early as uh, we're doing some other stuff. But uh, we will be at you uh, anyway for the full slate next week. Looking forward to it. Hope. Everybody- Everybody has a good week. Take care.